When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship Podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello. Hello, Devin. Hello. All right, Dev. What do you got for us today? Happy. Just in my swim shorts. Barefooted, wild-haired, in the red fire dark. Singing, swigging wine, spitting, jumping, running. That's the way to live. All alone and free in the soft sands of the beach. Nice. Ah. That's a good that's a good one. Yeah, that is uh <laughs> um Jack Kerouac. Again, I don't know why we bring him up all the time, but and that's from so the Dharma Bums, which is another great one. But all his stuff is cool. Was that um, Dharma Bums? Is him just like hitchhiking and hitchhiking around? Is that Dharma Bums? Or is... I mean, that's pretty much all of them. I feel that's like kind of what. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna Kerouac. say. Yeah, that's that's just Kerouac in general. <laughs> I forget exactly. Yeah. I know. I think he goes to Mexico for a bit, and I think that's when that's when he was discussing that. He's talking I like about how spitting wasn't there. Spitting. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Wild hair in the red. You could do. Yeah. Singing, swigging wine, <laughs> spitting, jumping, running. Yeah. <laughs> I think just just being wild sometimes. Obviously, he took it to another level. Most of us cannot. We cannot just leave everything right. and go get drunk <laughs> and 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 sleep on the Mexican beach somewhere. Get robbed, but <laughs> that's good. I like that. It's just and pertinent because of it because it's summer and there are vacations and we're getting ready to head up to lake george new york for our annual vacation and yeah i feel like that's that that quote is kind of i don't know the the carefreeness of that quote is what i feel about that yearly the annual vacation that we do because everyone's just so happy everyone's yeah. so laid back it's super easy going it's just like Everyone is there to have a good time, and <laughs> yeah. everyone. It's just so it's so laid back. It's that carefree nature that that reminds me of. So and there there's a there's a security about knowing that you can let loose for a while, right? Right. Like yeah, no one's right, no exactly. one's. Everyone knows what they're there. Everyone's gonna have fun and be goofy, and you know maybe drink too much or and just have a, a really good time, and you just right, know exactly. this is what we're doing. We can. It's like safety in letting loose being wild right i don't right. i don't think jack kerouac ever had that safety but <laughs> sometimes you can do that now as hopefully responsible adults right yeah i um for i guess the last oh my god 2000 probably 2003 or 4 maybe i started going with my then girlfriend now wife um, cause it's her family's, uh, yearly vacation. And, um, for most of those years, we, we had our dog Sadie for a long time, but she's just never that great off leash. So we wouldn't bring her cause you know, there's just not a great place to have a dog that's off leash. It's just going to go wandering. Um, but this year we're taking our two new dogs. And so there'll be a little bit of like stress around that because that's true. They're, we're just, they're just getting used to us and being all off leash and on leash. And so it's a little like, 
a little annoying, but you know that's that's one of those things you just got to deal with as a as a as a dog family. Got to figure out ways to do it. So a two dog family. Yeah, right. Two dog family. Yeah, and actually, like I know that uh, I've talked about this on the podcast, but we have the my in laws' dog uh, Luna, who may or may not become our dog, which is fine. And then we have our new dog Toby. Uh, Luna's a beagle, and Toby's a Great Pyrenees, and they do. Um, Luna's better off leash than Toby is only because she wants to stay around with us more than he does. He does. He likes to stay around with us, but he also likes to wander and explore. So it's actually better with them together because he'll, he'll like go with her. So when, when we're together, you know, she'll, if she'll stay around a little better and he'll stay with her most of the time, sometimes he'll wander and. Yeah, and I also think he'll he he'll get close to you guys when he gets close to you guys. You know what I mean? After right. a year, after a year or two, right? Yeah, he. I'm sure. I mean, some dogs are different. Some dogs don't care, and they'll just walk away from you. That's how our dog Gomer was. Right. I mean, he yeah. loved he loved being near us, but he would slowly sneak away and go, you know, visit some neighbors. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. That's I, how uh, Sadie always was. She was always she always loved to run off, so we always had to keep her on the leash. But yeah. We're I, um, trying to avoid doing that with the new dogs, but we'll see. We had two dogs. We um, it's about a half mile to where I dropped the trash out. Trash, yeah, right. where, where I dropped the trash off um, from my house to the end of the lane, and uh, I had these two dogs that were always one was nastier, and one kind of hung back but would bark with him. You know, he was just his his buddy, right? Yeah, or I always I thought they were nasty because they just would like bark and bark and bark and like get close and like follow you you know it's just kind of annoying and the, right. some some of those type of dogs and they were always like they never the house never they were always like one time i drove home and i saw him on the main road both ripping into a deer carcass in the middle of the road oh my god like these beasts <laughs> like these, these things are wild <laughs> <laughs> I had to like go to the house. I was like, "Hey, your dog are they're they're eating like a dead deer in, in the middle the of the road." <laughs> like I, I stopped. Like I stopped in the middle of the road. And I was honking, trying to get off them, but they were just going to town. I was like, "Oh my Jeez. gosh!" So they're yeah, kind of crazy. wild dogs. So I never, we just didn't bother with them, and they were very right. standoffish. If a dog's standing back and barking and barking, barking, he's you know he's holding his ground. So I'm not going to run up to him. I'm not going to walk up to him. I just leave him alone. Right, yeah. But about a month ago, their owner was out, and I've seen him a few times and talked to him. And so the dogs were out with him. So right. the the dogs, the one that I thought was nastier, he kind of walked up. And then I put my hand down, and he sniffed it, and then he let me pet him. And then I Aww. pet the, the, and then once I did that, the other dog came running up super happy. <laughs> so I guess he's definitely not the alpha, you know what I mean? He's like whatever right, the yeah. whatever the tan dog decides, he follows. Right. So then they were both sweet. And then today, driving home, I, I picked up the um, the trash can, threw it in the back of the mm-hmm. truck, and there they were barking. But I stood there and, and just said, hey, hey, pups, you know, or whatever. Right. And and they, they walked up. <laughs> and, we're, oh, and, nice. we're, and we're really sweet and nice. <laughs> and again, again, once the tan one <laughs> walked up, the black one came running over. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And I know, yeah. you know, that's how do- some dogs are. If you don't right. know them, they're not they're not necessarily gonna. That's their job sometimes to to watch them to watch over their their land. That's what they do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely territorial. And I mean, that's why, you know, you come up to a house and you knock on the door, even if it's right. like a screen door or glass door. Dogs will bark, 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 and then you come inside <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, you're allowed inside here? Okay. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> right. you know, real friendly because they're like, "Oh, this is." It's they're protecting their territory, but then once you're in, then they're like, "Oh, well, okay, now you're part of the territory." So obviously right. you're allowed here. So yeah, yeah. so yeah, that, that was that's kind of surprising, but right. I mean, I'm also not. I'm not. I don't give off negative energy either. I I always wait. I always not wait to, but I, I say hi to them even when they're barking. Right. You know, hey dogs, hey, burp, 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 burp. Right. you just kind of yeah. say hey to them, yeah, and, and just. So they came up today. Yeah. Yeah, one and of the then, things I was a little concerned about was um, uh, having the being down in the shop and working and filming and stuff, and having the dogs hear us through the floor and bark. You know, not knowing what that that voice was, but either so Devin, you and I were filming today, and 
we were downstairs talking and it was fine. There was they they didn't make any noise about it, but also Corinne was upstairs watching TV, so there was like that background noise on too. So I have a feeling that in the in the future, if it's just us and there's no noise upstairs, or if I have to put the dogs in the crate when we go down, I have to put on the TV or something to like block that noise because I have a feeling that they would bark if they're like hearing us Maybe. talking downstairs. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I mean, that's fair. That's yeah. Yeah, but they're like don't understand what's going on, you know, right? Or but, or they can yeah. tell that we're somewhere nearby and they're not with us. Which that's the other thing. If we will put them in the crate, they'll usually bark when they, we put them in the crate um, during the day. Like if I need to go out, they'll kind of bark. I hear them barking when we leave, but they stop because when we get home, they're not barking. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. I don't know how long it takes, but fortunately, we're you know our next closest neighbor is 150 yards away, so they don't have to worry but, about it. Yeah. Uh, so we finished our uh, second video that hasn't been done yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we did finally get the other one out. Yeah. Um, did we talk about it the last time? I mean, maybe we did, but the drill doctor thing, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we did the drill doctor kind of unboxing setup, how to use it, review type thing. I'm really happy with the drill doctor. That's a really awesome tool, and mm-hmm. uh, it did a really, really good job. I mean, obviously, it went from drill bits that wouldn't cut to drill bits that would, so... It's it's a relatively easy thing to set up and use, so I can imagine just it having kind of a spot that's easy, you know, to get to, so that way I can kind of sharpen up a bunch of bits, or if we know we're going to be drilling through some stuff, I'll just sharpen it before I even start, especially on video, because that's, that's been one of those things that we've had to deal with quite often, trying to drill yeah. hard yeah, steel or, you know, just harder stuff. And always I, trying to figure I feel out like how that's to get through. The, that's the biggest thing that has uh, bogged us down. Yeah, right. It's so like, like uh, well, now what do we do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. You're like searching for other ones. I think I have this one, and is this the right size? And then that one's taking forever. Then you flip it over, and oh, maybe I'll put some pilot holes in it. And then all of a sudden, we're, <laughs> it's taken an hour and a half to drill like five holes. It's like, yeah, oh, right, oh, exactly. We haven't done anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, so this will be really nice to have. Be like, oh, that was not cutting, <laughs> sharpen it up. Throw it again. And, of, and of course, with us, we always over plan. Like, oh, we'll drill the holes and we'll do this and we'll get it sharpened. Then we'll get in the forks and we'll go outside and then we get like, yeah, yeah well, we drilled the holes today. All right, I'll see you. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always something that, you know, like a, a wrench gets thrown into the mix and you got to figure out how to get around that first before you can move on to something else in the video. We, or we it's do, like, oh, I wouldn't think that this would take this we, much time. But Yeah. You know. No, we get the most done the last day. Right. As long as everything's yeah. glued up, then we just push right. through. I'm like, right. there. Just keep. What's the next? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're it's there. We're there. You see the finish line. Like, right. You get a little going. boost. Be like, do we need to talk about this? Nah, it's fine. Nah, we'll just they keep know. on going. Yeah, yeah. They know. They'll, they see it happening. They know what to do. We don't need to tell them what we're doing. <laughs> I'm like, you just keep working. I'll get some shots. Yeah. Right. So we, we, we were filming today. We just finished up uh, the sling, leather sling for the hatchet that I made for my daughter, the plum uh, scout hatchet with the Osage Iron Tandle. So we made a sling. So it has a, the, the mask that fits around it, and then that has attached to it uh, D-rings that then clip to a, an actual like strap that you can put up over your shoulder. So, so it can be worn across your body and you know on your back. So really nice. It's... it's um, I guess mostly inspired by the ones that are offered by Whiskey River. I think that's where I saw it first, and I was like, that's really nice. Like, that mm. seems like a a really, you know, awesome way to be able to carry a hatchet around or an axe around, and, and rel- like, not super hard. I mean, they, they I think they sell them for not that expensive, maybe 40 bucks or something. So it's a pretty, like, economical thing to purchase. Yeah, maybe that's... I'm wrong, but it's not super expensive, but... You know, it's also not that expensive to make it either you know, for the hardware. But, and, and but I have the, the time the time it takes you to make a clean version right. of it. Right, right, yeah. You, you would definitely be – I mean, I mean, obviously, if you're, if you're into doing it, then whatever, it's fun to do. And it's just a hobby. Yeah. But right, if you're thinking yeah. like, well, how much – again, should I, should I buy it or should I make it? If it's a $40 right. item, you got to buy the leather and then you have to make sure you have the tools, then – Let's say it's five, ten bucks worth of supplies, and then you whatever your hourly is. If it takes you three, four hours to make it, you know, then you're. It's only like eight bucks an hour. <laughs> I got it. Right. Know. Yeah. Uh, let me see. 
okay, it's sixty five bucks. Mm. So that's still that's still a pretty good deal, you know, for the yeah. leather sling and it's yeah, yeah, it looks like it's pretty much it's similar to when I made um it's has a stitched stitched welt and rivets, has a snap closure, has the same type of uh slit in the in the strap to put the handle through. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's mm. definitely, if you're interested in something like that, it's a great, I, I mean, it's something that's really nice, especially if you're, like, if you're camping and you're going out to get firewood, to be able to carry your hatchet or your axe with you, process a bunch of wood, cut some stuff down, and then put it on your back and carry that wood back. Mm, like, that true. makes a big difference. Um, right, so I think right, that, right, that That's really, like, the best thing for it, is that you can then put it up on your, you know, you can put it away, so that way you can carry yeah. whatever you need to use both your hands. Um, but you know, like you said, also it's, if it's something where you think that you might want to make it yourself, now I have all the tools to do it. So I'm not, I don't have to, like, that's one of those things as a leather worker, I had the tools and I had the leather. I had to buy the hardware, obviously I had to buy the leather, but I had, you know, I didn't have to buy new leather for it. So, but right. You know, I spent maybe 15 bucks in hardware or something and then I had everything else to do it. So that's when, you know, it can save money and, and time. Obviously, with uh, filming, it always takes longer. But if that was just me making, I mean, that was two days of filming. Um, you know, the first mm. day was prepping all yeah, the leather, cutting everything, getting it set and getting it ready to go, dyeing everything. And, that, and then the second day was just glue up and put all the hardware on. So not bad. Yeah. And, and obviously, if, if you make it with your daughter, it'll be, she's. She's going to be stuck with that for life. She cannot throw that away. So Right. <laughs> yeah. And so it's got to be good, too. Right? It has to look really good and work you're gonna, well. And... You're going to have your backpack when you go to college, and you're going to have your axe sling and just <laughs> right. scare away boys. <laughs> Speaking of that, I, uh, if you guys follow us on Instagram, you'll have seen um, the, the post that I put up of Corinne throwing the tomahawk. Uh, mm. And that was actually a tomahawk that was given to me by my buddy Sean from Crafting a Life I Want. He went up to uh, his in-laws up in uh, New Hampshire recently and then and uh, got a couple things while he was up there and got a couple little uh, tomahawk heads and he gave one of them to me, which is really cool. So I took an old sledgehammer handle and ground and shaped it down to fit for a slip fit into the tomahawk head because tomahawks have a, a single taper inside the eye. Uh, most axe eyes, um, or not, not most, but axe eyes are usually an hourglass shape. So they're wide at the top, they're narrow in the middle of the eye, and then at the bottom of the eye they get wider as well. Now they're always wider at the top, um, but they're designed to fit on where you slide the axe down onto the handle and then you put the wedge in. But a tomahawk is designed with just a single taper inside the eye, so it's wide at the top and narrow at the bottom. Yeah. For that reason specifically, so that way when you make a handle for it, you just slide the handle in from the top of the eye straight down and then just, you know, centripetal force and momentum keeps that eye on the, keeps keeps the accent on the handle. Right. Which is nice. So, so I made it with them and, and it was like, it, it took a surprisingly long amount of time to make that axe handle just, I mean not really but kind of in my mind i was like oh this should be easy i'll just grind it down and it'll fit in well but i also wanted it to be nice and clean and straight long lines 16 and a half inches um i didn't want it to be like wobbly or funky going up the handle and i didn't want the bottom of the handle to get too narrow so i had to kind of make the bottom of the handle just just small enough to fit uh in you know out the bottom of the eye but not so small eventually because then I'm grinding, keep grinding and grinding so that way the head can move up further. But at the top of the head, you need it to be just wide enough so that way it sits out the top, but not so far that it looks funky either. So <laughs> all those like little intricacies of like trying to keep it looking clean and nice and all just ended up making me work really slow, which took mm. more time. But I think yeah. it probably it may have taken me, I don't know, an hour or so to grind it down in the grinder, which I didn't think it would take me that long, but... But it worked really well, and uh, and Corinne really enjoyed throwing the tomahawk. She had a friend of hers over, and they were out there throwing together. And actually, that video of Corinne in slow motion was shot from by her friend Catherine, who was over. So <laughs> she shot the video. She said, can I do a slow-mo? I was like, that's a great idea. So I did that. It was cool. <clears throat> yeah. Nice. Yeah, so that was cool. It was fun to fun to get down to the shop a little bit and just do some fun stuff. I cleaned that um that hatchet that uh, Tom Hawk had up as well. It just had some like surface rust, so put it on the grinder and then 
sharpen it up um, so it would stick. And the the tree stump thing that, um, <coughs> sorry, that she's throwing it into is really punky on the outside because it's been sitting there for a bunch of years now. So uh, what was that word? Yeah. Punky. Does that mean just uh, old and, and holy? Uh, punky is like, um, like dried Hol- out and soft, maybe. Okay. Okay, I've never heard that as a description. Yeah. I got you. Punky wood. Yeah, it's like when it gets when it just sits out in the sun for a while. The outside of stumps and stuff will get punky because they'll just they'll you know the moisture's gone and they end up kind of just crumbling off. But yeah, so it's real soft, relatively soft on the outside. So even though that's a light tomahawk, you know, the blade might be two and a half inches long, maybe three inches long. You know, you can get about easily like two inches to stick into the wood. So it's not just like just sticking on the blade. It's like going all the way in, you know, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a really good stump to like practice throwing and getting your right distance and your right like forms. That way you get the ax head to flip the right way. You know, you don't have to worry about. A really sharp, a really good, you know, edge geometry to make it stick into the into the target. You just have to worry about getting your form down, and you know, right. figuring out the distance and stuff. Yeah, so it was fun. Yeah, and we had uh, we had the old shop elf on the video today. Obviously, yeah. it's hers, so we she threw it on, and we went outside and got a bunch of nice slow mo videos. You got walking together and her chopping something down, and you know, all yeah. the beauty shots of it hanging on a tree. Yeah, and then we're cool. th- and then we're looking yeah. for. Somewhere to shoot the thumbnail and how to do it. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> and we were by the woods. And then um, on Dustin's property, there's a, a bunch of uh, buildings and farmhouses and stuff. And uh, not farmhouses, barns. Uh, buildings and barns. and, and buildings uh, and barns, yeah. Right, right. And so we went up against that. That always makes a nice backdrop, like an old. Right. You know, and there was a nice cool, there's like a barn door. So we just did that, Dustin holding it up. And then right when we set up, the sun went away. Right, and we're like ah, <laughs> yeah. And we're so like that, looked up, and it's like big, gigantic cloud, and we're like, well, that's gonna be a while. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so then I was, I was, um, looking inside the barn, or you know, I was yeah, you were window. asking about what was in there, and yeah, <clears throat> and it's so the property that I'm on, I the house that is a house that I rent, and the property which has other, you know, there's another two barns on it, and then a couple outbuildings, and a couple little like house shed type things, and. Um, they're all locked, but they're, you know, locked to a gr- degree of like farmhouses are locked where there's like latches and things. And, and so as a, as the tenant here on the property, I'm like the caretaker of the, of the property. And, you know, when things seem awry, I'll let my landlady know, or if like something happens or a tree falls on something, I'll clean it up what I can. And, um, but, uh, but I've, n- I've never, I've opened, I looked into that barn and kind of half gone in but never really explored it so it was kind of fun we went in and walked up and down all the different stalls and stuff and there's one cool little room that i think they might have used so my my landlady and her um her husband who's passed away now they're both artists and did all sorts of different stuff with metal and leather and painting and drawing and you know crafting and art and stuff so there's a little room with some some brass stuff in it and some little tools and there's like this little teeny tiny hammer um, which I guess looked like a miniature hammer. You know, it wasn't like an actual tool that you would use. It was a almost like a tool, a little mini hammer, miniature hammer that someone made as like a prop for something. So, yeah, but it was made out of metal. It's cool. It's like, uh, but yeah, so yeah, yeah, it, it was yeah, just really. I mean, yeah, an old horse barn, bunch of stalls, and there's um, it was really cool. And what a what a beautiful big old barn, like yeah. Yeah, we really were, were like cool. looking. We knew there was a hayloft area, but we're like, where are the steps? We're like looking around, walking up and down, and we see just like the wooden ladder against the wall, which is really cool because that reminded me of our mm-hmm, me too. of our childhood, the <laughs> barn in our childhood with that like, you know, the like wooden ladder against the wall, just straight up, you know, straight on, built onto the wall that goes up. That was cool. So we went upstairs in like the hundred and five degree upstairs of the barn. <laughs> right, it was like super hot, but it was cool. Just looked around, nothing up there, but. Yeah, it was a cool, a cool space. Yeah, and then we we climbed down and uh, we saw the sun was out. We ran out and got our the thumbnails. Everything looked great. <laughs> yeah, that was. I think that was hotter than being up in the barn. 
Because then I was like, because the sun was out hot. So I was standing in the sun, and I'm standing against the white barn, so it's like reflecting heat on me. And then I also have the bounce board, like shining light in my face too, and the sun's in my face. <laughs> and so fortunately, you weren't actually getting a picture of my face, just like mostly my arm holding up the sling. So I was just like closing my eyes. It was so hot, like radiating from all <laughs> like three different directions. Like, just, like you probably see the picture of my arms like glistening with sweat. <laughs> I've um, it was I think I forget what I was doing, but I had to point a bounce board in my direction a few times. It's always like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> this is so, I'm always pointing it at people and telling them, like, hey, stop squinting. Like, so, you know, just yeah. like, look at me, look up, look up, stop squinting, good, smile, smile. Like, and I'm looking, I'm like, ah, oh, God, it's like shining right in my face. <laughs> Why would anyone do this? <laughs> <laughs> Looks great, but it's brutal. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't squint, don't squint. That's funny. Yeah, yeah they're, uh, so yeah, we got that that done today, which is good. Um, I have two other things I picked up recently. I got a chain hoist, which is cool, a half ton chain hoist. So that's it'll lift five hundred pounds. Um, I'd been thinking about getting some type of chain hoist or like a come along or you know a, a snatch block type situation thing, you know, block and tackle to be able to lift and move anvils if I need to in the smithy, just because. I can't, you know, the the Akio anvil, which is 130 pounds, I can lift that one up and move that around fine. But the other one, the the um, saw sawmaker's anvil is, you know, 200, 225, something like that pounds. Um, and the other thing I think it would be kind of cool is to get like a digital scale so I can actually weigh stuff. And if I do it like a hanging scale, I'd need something to hang it from. So picked up that chain hoist from a guy on uh, on. Uh, the what Facebook Marketplace or something, which is a cool deal, a nice old one, I think. From what I my research, I think it's from like the 30s, maybe, which is kind of cool. So nice. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure what we'll do if we end up if we'll do like a restoration of that. Maybe maybe it'll just be like a quick video, you know. Like it doesn't have to be like a 100% awesome restoration. It can be just like a hey, I man, sorry, I got this. Uh, <laughs> rusty old chain hoist you know that works fine but it's just like surface rust and stuff so i could just clean it all and put it together and hang it up in the smithy maybe that's maybe that's the angle right it's just like get it working again and hang it up and lift up the uh lift up the big anvil and weigh it or something that'd be kind of cool and then the middle of the smithy just collapses in and we're like yeah right (laughs) i was thinking that i might have to like depending on how I want to hang it or put it where, you know, it's either, if it's not going to be on one of the four main uh, supports around the outside, if it's going to be anywhere in the middle, then it needs to be in, like, I need to put in more supports, you know, like maybe, maybe two by sixes or something, maybe two of them to sister it or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, the maybe. chain hoist I mean, is super heavy. You know, the chain hoist is probably right. and it's, 50 it's pounds not, or something. It's, it's not going to lift more than 500 pounds, and you and me and another person has been up on that roof. right. Near the yeah, same, but, it's not going to collapse in on itself. Yeah, well, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, so we'll see. So I might have to, you know, I might. I've been kind of thinking about what to do if I if I do that, or if I do like a, I don't know, maybe um, some type of metal beam or something, or you know, I don't know, some type of because I can you can get I beams that aren't giant. You know, I can buy a you know a smaller I beam. Maybe bolt that across or something. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. But yeah. it would be nice to have something that kind of I could actually move it, you know, slide it left or right or something. And then that way I can, you know, do move stuff around the, the uh, smithy a little bit more than just in one spot. But that would yeah. be kind of cool. And then yeah. uh, and the other thing we picked up, um, I was over Sean's house on – we were over having dinner with the families and stuff um, on Friday night and – um, Sean was kind of flipping through his phone and, and saw again on Facebook marketplace, a guy who was offering a uh, quarter inch sheet of steel, uh, eight feet by 37 inches for 50 bucks. Mm. So I was like, tell him, yes, <laughs> I was like, I'll go get it tomorrow. I was like, and let, you know, if you want to split it with me, that's cool. If not, I'm, I'll be happy to buy it. So, so Sean <laughs> and I split it. So, we, you know, we both paid 25 bucks and I got, you know, four foot by basically four foot by three foot sheet of quarter inch steel uh which i am using and right now it's set up in the smithy for like a a welding table 
So it'll be on top of the metal table that I have out there. So it's just a metal table. So I can, uh, you know, it can be a welding table, but it's also just a metal service table, which is what I needed in the smithy. Um, How are you going to split it? I already, I just cut it in half with the grinder. How long did that take? Um, that's a good question. Maybe 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah, 15, 20 minutes maybe. Um, you know, it's quarter inches and super thick. Right. You know, if you, you've seen me grind through stuff with the grinder, the grinding disc, like a bunch of times. So I did what I always do. I, you know, make a bunch of light passes until it's kind of mostly through and then I kind of work my way up. But, um, yeah, I just had it, I pulled it out from the back of the truck and then, you know, so I had half of it resting on two, uh, saw horse and the other half mostly inside the truck and then just ground it. I actually took a time-lapse, um, video of it on my phone and, never actually loaded all the way on my phone it just was like it just actually it's still saying loading <laughs> unable <laughs> to load video and it error while loading a higher quality version of this video i don't know what that means but huh. so unfortunately it never never worked out but i thought that would have been a fun time lapse you know like just be like cutting through this sheet of steel so yeah so i have that in the in the smithy now the other half of it's in uh other half of it's in the back of the truck still for Sean when I can drop back at his place. But, uh, but yeah, I thought that was a good find. Even if it's like, even if I ended up using it for other stuff, I mean, just, you know, a, a sheet of quarter inch steel can be used for tons of stuff. You know, it can fabricate all sorts of different, you know, things that you may need. So yeah, for 25 bucks for a four by three foot sheet. You know, that, that was a really good deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember that, like that piece of 16 gauge or whatever it was, you know, so that's like oh, yeah. 30 seconds inch or something like that you know that was that's in the bottom of the um the fire pit was like 65 bucks or something just for that you know (laughs) that piece is like little yeah right Uh. so so having like that i was like yes i'll buy the whole thing (laughs) i don't know how come get it if i'm happy so yeah he and i sean and i went early up on uh on saturday morning and picked it up it's cool the guy we got it from was uh an older guy well not, not maybe in the 60s or something he was um he had a bunch of stuff because he had was cleaning out a machine shop that was like his father-in-law's or something, or maybe his father or something that had been like, they, you know, kind of pulling stuff out of it. So he had some other stuff there that he was, you know, selling as well. But if, if I had a bigger shop or if I, you know, if I was more of a machinist, he had like a big, uh, horizontal bandsaw for cutting steel. He had a, uh, what's it called? A, a torch track. So doing like, uh, oxyacetylene torch to cut steel he had a track system where you could set it up and then mm. you run it along electric it like runs electrically and cuts along Dang. a straight line which is pretty cool and he had this big like big brass hammer which is really cool i was <laughs> yeah I was that would that be him, but. a little overkill for the uh yeah, right you, exactly, you'd be, you'd be cutting two, you'd be cutting two by fours with it <laughs> <laughs> with, with the plasma torch <laughs> burn his stuff down <laughs> yeah <laughs> using the big horizontal bands all we cut yeah like trim <laughs> you'd be cutting your um the pins to your knives the little brass pins <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so he had, he had some stuff but we were happy to get the steel it was probably probably i don't know maybe 200 pounds or 250 pounds or something for that sheet so we just lifted it together threw it in the truck and then I cut it and took half of that and lifted it and walked over and put it into the one top of the table in the shop and in the smithy. Yeah. So. I want I want something like that for uh, the back of my truck for winter. Oh, yeah. You know, for snow driving, just something, a couple hundred pounds. Right. Maybe, maybe I'll get one of those. Uh, I've been looking at the, well, it depends, you know, the bed extender Yeah. things, you know, that go out. They look like a, a cage on its side. Yeah, right. Yep. And then when you flip it inside, it's it's it holds stuff. Mm-hmm. So it uh, then I could probably drop some sandbags in that. That'd be cool. Oh yeah, that's not a bad idea. Have it flipped on the inside so it holds it at the end, mm-hmm. and then just yeah. you know have have a a stack of sandbags, whatever, twenty five, fifty pounds each, and you can right. pile in as much as you want four hundred pounds, five hundred pounds, and take off. Give that traction in the back, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean you have four wheel drive too, so you don't have to worry about too much. But you know, you well you know, e- even with it, even with that, that back end trucks will go. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the one problem that I've had. And and actually I've I think uh, a couple of years ago I had a couple big uh logs in there 
Like I just took some big logs and threw them in the back yeah. of my truck. I've done, yeah, I've done other stuff. But yeah, I've done a bunch of different things to just put some weight in the truck to give it a little traction. Fortunately, you know, we don't get tons of snow here in Maryland, so we don't really have to deal with it all that long. But, but it is nice to have something to to get that weight. And you know, at least this is what I've heard and read and have done. You want to get that weight like over the wheels and not in the very back if you can avoid right. it. So right, I mean. But yeah, you know, it's still it's better than nothing. Better than nothing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, who was I was watching? Um, oh, what's that vet show, Doctor? Anyway, he drives around in. Um, I forget where he's from. Somewhere flat in the middle of the country, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I love driving around in snow. It's easy. It's great." I'm like, "Yeah, you have no hills. <laughs> Drive, <laughs> driving flat. in right. snow with no hills, it's easy." Yeah, <laughs> you start to slide, you just spin into another flat area and stop. Like, oh, that, <laughs> <laughs> that's not the scary part. It's going up and down winding hills. Is right. that's the tricky bit? <laughs> not being able to stop hitting <laughs> right. your brakes and nothing happens, and you just keep on going. And you're like, okay, there we the go. Mercy of mercy of when traction comes back and I can turn again. <laughs> I yeah, was like, geez. yeah, it would, it would be fun on on. On the planes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, just gun it. <laughs> yeah, you can slide around. <laughs> End up in another flat area. Cool, no trees. Yeah, <laughs> no big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no trees. It <laughs> <laughs> must be tough. Yeah, we were actually, we were driving up to pick that. Um, Dr. Pole. Steel up. Dr. Dr. Pole, sorry. Yeah. Um, I was, we were kind of going through some country road and back roads and stuff, and I was actually thinking how, how much I enjoy that about Maryland, that there's a lot of, like, rolling hills and you know it's not like super mountainous but everywhere all the country there's it's lots of hills so you're always kind of winding up and down and going through woods and coming out into fields and then back into woods and you know it's a nice it's it's nice scenic driving you know Mm -hmm. as opposed to like you said large like the majority of our country and the majority of you know canada there are just so many areas of long flat you know like nothing yeah it's it's one of those it's like weird to me i think about that occasionally like i wonder what how that would feel to be in a place that's just all flat just trying yeah it seems a little time like a, an acre of land with hills feels like a lot because mm-hmm. you're like i have this hillside and this and then over there i can't really see and there's some woods there and then down down into that valley there an acre right in the middle of <laughs> flat farmland of nothingness you yeah. feel like you got nothing Right, exactly. You're like, oh, there's the end of my property over there. I can see it. <laughs> right. And there it is there. Right, yeah. <laughs> the mystery isn't there. <laughs> yeah. And the, like, you know, having the the woods, you know, you have, like, the area of your property is all wooded, right? Then that, that feels like it has some significance to it. And then you have, like, a field area and then your lawns and blah, 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 whatever. But, yeah, yeah, that was one of the really nice things about growing up in the country here in Maryland is that we had a decent amount of property um, that, you know, was our parents' farm. And so we were able to have that kind of, you know, you get the the pastures and then the cornfields and then the woods and all that was all on our property, different areas. And you know, it was fun to grow up in a place like that. Yeah. So um, speaking of country folk, uh, uh, I, got a, I got a quick unrelated um, qualm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we, Fourth uh, of July, we went up because in Maryland you got to go. You can't buy good fireworks in Maryland. You know it's all ground stuff. You can't really have some fun, some dangerous fun. Right. So you got to yeah. go over the PA line and buy your stuff. And uh, we drove up there and got stuff. And there's a cracker bar- cracker barrel nearby. And I don't know right. if you don't know, it's just like a country kitchen style. You can get breakfast and things, and they bring you little bowls of food. It's good stuff, and it's cheap. It is what it is, but it's a chain. And if you're on the East Coast, and I don't know how far west it goes, but you can find them off of most highways. Right. Yep. Um, so we're like, yeah, hey, we'll go get some breakfast at Cracker Barrel. We go in, and we sit down, and then this little old couple comes up, and they're like one of these couples that – seem to have stopped talking to each other years ago, you know, and they just sit <laughs> yeah, there in right. silence and they do their things, organize this. I got the, the rolls. I do this. I butter this, you know, and they're, 
total uh-huh. silence. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Cute old couple. Look at them. And then she gets a, a call, and it's a, um, a FaceTime. And then she goes on to talk for about 10 minutes with her grandchildren. Oh, my gosh. In the middle of the <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> and that drives me up the wall. <laughs> and I think it does to 95% of the population of the yeah. world. Yeah, right. But there's yeah. 5% who do not care if you hear that they're talking to someone. And and there's some people who will do it, you know, out in the street or walking around and that's that's annoying, but that's not as bad. Yeah, at but least you sit- can pass them and keep going. Right. You know, like you don't have to deal with it. You're like, oh. "Dang, they're loud. Why I I don't need to hear about their love life that's weird that they would yell about that on the phone but right <laughs> a restaurant and like she's facetiming and she's like the kids are yelling and she's old so she can't hear them so she's like what are you uh, doing and what uh, what what family raised you that you decided or how are, how are you not embarrassed which is always a thing that you think right of, or i think yeah, of. exactly I'm like, how are you not embarrassed that <laughs> what are you doing i uh, yeah. So of course, then I just hate this little old lady the rest of the time, and then <laughs> and then the, then they leave with I'm sure, which was like a a twenty five cent tip because they're those type of people. Uh-huh. Like, what are you doing? And why? Like ten minutes, oh, and my geez. wife's just looking at you like, don't say anything, please. Don't just don't. <laughs> I'm like, they need to be. I need to say something. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like that's just yeah, like that's a lack of common courtesy. You know, I mean, it's what like are you, doing? That's, you don't get I mean, unless you're at a bar, you don't get loud when you're out eating. You know, you have a conversation. No. No. You have a conversation that unless you're sitting right next to another couple, you might hear some of their conversation because it's conversational tone, right? You're not like talking right. loud, you're not talking right. You don't have to whisper, but you just have a normal conversation. You know, it's like Yeah. Like, but you don't pick up your phone on FaceTime and talk to your grandchildren for 10 minutes about gibberish and their birthday. And like, no, if they try to FaceTime, you hang up or you go, Hey, I'm at a restaurant. I'll call you later. Love you. Bye. Like, what are you, what are you doing? That's like the one time you don't answer your phone or you say, Hey, we're eating dinner. Let me call you back when I'm done. That's like the only, the only situation that I can think of. I mean, there's obviously other ones, but where you're like, Hey, I'm doing this (laughs) thing. Let me call you back when I'm done. Like, dinner is the thing, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> right? jeez. Oh, <laughs> if, if you if you wanted me to talk to you at dinner, someone will have to have died. Right. And then we'll chat Right, about exactly. It. Yeah. But right. your grandson's birthday is not under that umbrella of death. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime, yeah, anytime I call someone or someone calls and they're like, oh, sorry, you're having dinner. I'll call you back. Like, that's always the thing. Right. It's like, okay, you're eating or, you know. Obviously and and that's and that's the majority right. of people, and obviously there's a restaurant full of people who weren't doing that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but my nine-month-old baby was being quieter than oh, this man. sixty-five-year-old hag. <laughs> Gosh. Hag. Oh, man. That's my qualm for the day. day, day. <laughs> nice. I was uh, <laughs> thinking earlier we were talking about hills and stuff, and. Um, uh, Matt Brown actually sent us a sent me a, a message on Instagram. Matt does all the music for the channel. If you guys don't know, and he uh, he joined us on the podcast a while back, which is awesome. You should go listen to that episode if you haven't, because he plays some live music and he does the intro song. He does all sorts of good stuff for us. So uh, check that out. But Matt sent me a message, and it was like, "Hey, you guys should try this. It would be really cool for the channel." And it was um it was just a real quick video of a girl shooting her bow, like called like which um full full send so basically you just draw and shoot at 45 degree angles full draw as far as you can shoot and she just shot it like into the woods just just to like see the arrow fly but i thought that'd be a really cool video and something we've kind of talked about and thought about before but to see how far those bows will shoot that we've made now i just thought of this before you go on okay I kind of want to do this thumbnail, but it's a little clickbaity kind of like, you know, when people point to things in thumbnails and say me right. or this or this small, like they bring right, attention right. to something yeah, that they yeah. want you to see. A, well, a cool thumbnail, I think, would be the the buried um, arrow is in the in the foreground. 
and right. way up on the hill is you, tiny. Oh, yeah. From how far you've shot like... it. And then an arrow saying me, like pointing yeah. to you. And, it, you know, you're a little dot. So, right. But I, I don't know if we'd, we usually don't do that type of thumbnail, but maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's it's one of those things, like, the the thumbnail is only there to draw people in to want to read more and then hopefully watch your video. Yeah. So that's like, it's pure purpose is to just give you that, that first, like, Oh, that's what I see. Okay. Let me read the the title. Okay. Right. The title. That sounds cool. Okay. Now I want to click on it and watch it. But so it also, know, I, I, it yeah. also gives you the first taste of what, maybe what, what style. Right. Yes. What these people are about. That is why we have tried to stay away from that stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe if it could be a proven thing that it brings in 50% more traffic, we'd probably do it. Right. But as far as we try to keep it simple, clean, right. nice text that just explains. If yeah, you've seen, wait, you've we've, seen the we've product, few, yeah. We've done a few questions, like, is this 200 years old, or, or has right. it burned me? Has it, like, but those are the actual things we talk about, and it's, it's usually not too clickbaity, just because. Right. And we try to do that with like the the words on the thumbnail have to explain a little bit. Then the words on the title have to explain a little bit. And then so we have like thumbnail and I guess it's just thumbnail and title. Yeah. You know. And then obviously the description of the video. But we we always talk about that before we put it out. Like what do we want the thumbnail to say? What do we want the title to say? And we do a combination of two things that then will give you enough information to understand what you're going to be watching. So the thumbnail yeah. says a little bit, you know, about this. And then the title will say a little bit more about what it is. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that'd be fun, you know, because that shows like it's, it is yeah, a distance thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought right. that would be kind of cool. Right. So you see yeah. the, the arrow buried in the field. So, yeah, what, what we wanted to do, and I, I think I've brought this up to you, Dust, before where we should do a couple... Well, at first I was doing like, hey, trick shots, even though obviously that's what a lot of people have done. Mm -hmm. But I was just trying to think of more things we could do with the bow because bows take so long to make and make a video for that once we're done with them, this is one of the things that we can still use and do other interesting things with. Right. Hence hence why we shot on the range um, with Sean and stuff like that. Um, Right. But, yeah, w- what we're probably going to do is compare, not only do the, uh, what, what does she call it? The oh, f- full send. Full send, right? The right, longest yeah. shot you can do with your bow. Right. And we're going to do it on a on a big hill, like you said, yeah. and try some from the top and then from the bottom, see the dif- distance difference, see yeah. if there's difference on how you aim and how you feel. I mean, we should probably get a target, too. Right. Yeah. You know, maybe have a target down there, just a um, a stick with a bucket on it. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily yeah. want to cut out a picture of a person and people <laughs> call the cops on us because we're shooting at someone in the field. <laughs> the most dangerous game, human. <laughs> that would make a good video. Cops roll up. <laughs> oh, they took us away. We we're so dangerous. Yeah, maybe we should do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> just shoot a bunch of guns in the air first and then start shooting just to draw them in. <laughs> Gunshots? No, officer. No, no, no. Leave me alone, man. Maybe resist, resist. Shots. I don't think you could hear a bow, officer. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I do think that would be cool. That'll be interesting to shoot from, yeah, the top of a long hill down, you know, that kind of high ground versus low ground and see. Uh, what that would what that would do and what I, that would look like I think we should also take our guesses right like I I can put one out like I'll walk way down there and then you right. can also uh, I mean, we can yeah. both do it okay and you'll be like you can be like this is this is Devin's this is how far he thinks we, he or I can shoot it and this is how right. far I think and then yeah. you aim at one of those right then so or, you, then yeah. we see how far we get if we're surprised or not and then um Go back and go the other way. Shoot from down. See how far we can get yeah. up. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. I think that's that. I just think that'd be really fun. I've been wanting to do that for a long time. Anyway, <clears throat> it feels good to let it loose. Yeah, yeah. Because with I mean those bows, I'm I'm always obviously I'm shooting at targets and stuff. But and there there are a few times where I can shoot long shots, but it's never like a full draw. It's always right. controlled. 
you know, like 200 yards or something. That's definitely like a long shot, but it's a controlled long shot. You know, we're going to get up, some, uh, like, yeah, <clears throat> we might have to f- finally pull the trigger on that 4k gro- GoPro or, or put a phone right. down there. Cause we need some shots. Yeah. Right. Coming Arrows towards coming it. In. Right. Oh, I can, I can send the drone up. Oh, this will be fun. Ooh, yeah. That sounds awesome. I'm flying by. Yeah. That'd be awesome. But, yeah. Have it fly down de- or like, yeah, have it, have it like going down and like searching for the arrow. Come in, <laughs> yeah. find it. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what, um, what the field is at this point the field we have in mind i can't remember what's growing in it right now it's it's low right now mm. so it might be a good time you think so we'll have to I don't, yeah I mean, we I don't could know. we could we i guess we could wait till winter yeah right it'll definitely be i mean it'd be cool winter. to do but yeah we don't want to trounce around in there yeah good call right yeah, an actual <laughs> like a field that has i think it's got like winter wheat in it right now which is like you know two feet high or something so yeah foot and a half high yeah yeah right no, i guess i guess that's honest <laughs> we don't, don't trounce around in there actually. i mean it's, i mean we can do it we, we can we can do it on our own but All right yeah. put a video out yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be cool I but yeah no really yeah that, that would be fun and it'll be kind of cool too to test the different bows, like the different weights, um, because yeah. the the first Osage bow that I made on the video on the channel was, I think like fifty five pounds probably, and then um, the hickory that I made more recently was uh, actually maybe maybe it's like maybe the Osage is sixty or maybe even sixty plus, and the hickory might be fifty five or fifty seven something like that. I'll have to test them again, but um. Yeah, that would be. Um, it would be interesting to try it with a bunch of different bows because I have, I have two hickory bows and um, two Osage bows that I use often. So out of those four bows, it'd be kind of interesting. And then you know I, we could have like Corinne come join us and maybe Nicole, you know, shoot <laughs> their bows to see how far they go. Be kind of fun, yeah. No, that would be know? cool. And we could even we could pull out. Uh, Dad has a crossbow. Oh right, yeah. We that, can see yeah, how far the free, free outside the see how far that bolt goes. Right, yeah. They may they may go for we'll lose that. That we want, right? Exactly. Yeah. Fortunately, where we're thinking about the there's woods behind it. There's no like houses for another mm. probably a thousand <laughs> yards. So, I was I did think about it when he sent me that message. I was looking at some uh, videos, and there were a couple pretty interesting videos of people shooting stuff. There was one guy who shot a um. It was like the fastest bow on the market something like 425 feet per second um mm. which i don't know how that relates to draw weight but he was shooting um a his his long bow was like a 55 pound and then he was also shooting like a compound bow which was like 120 right you know, with the cams and stuff and then he was then he was going up to these like crossbow long bow you know crossbow bows type things and um and they, I think his further shot was like fifteen hundred feet. So, Dang. you know, yeah, exactly. So it's like five. What's that? No, it's not five. It's no. Three, yeah, know. like three. Yeah, it's a long way, you know. But like, <clears throat> yeah, like five hundred yards, you know, over like five football fields. That's a long way. So, but I think the uh, the longbows and stuff are shooting out at. Get 400 yards or something or 400 feet 500 feet something like that yeah so you know three or four that'd be yards. cool and yeah you know, we're talking about maybe getting our cousin ben on the video we had him on the podcast yeah maybe we give a little uh floating head of you know i think uh <laughs> some historical uh reference of high ground and archers and how you would set up and blah 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 i think right. that'd be cool yeah that would be cool yeah yeah we'd have to figure out how we could work that in but that that would be pretty interesting just have him like our uh, our medieval specialist talking about <laughs> now right. blah 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 would you know during this time they this these, this you know army had the high ground and this one didn't and they won and, you know that'd be cool be that'd be cool to have yeah. over top of you and everyone you know setting up and getting things set up and yeah that'd be cool yeah we'd have to reach out to him and see like you know tell him what we're doing and then ask him if he has some like maybe even like an interesting story, right? Cause maybe he's like telling a story about a battle, 
you know, that was one right, because of right. high ground or low ground or something or, you know, and then like right, or, that might yeah. be kind of fun to overlay, you know, yeah. or like, you know, in this battle, the high ground won and, the, you know, archers did this, blah, 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 or something like that, you know, be pretty interesting. Yeah. Because he does know a lot about, you know, some of those significant battles. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. So, so we got some fun stuff coming up. Um, we have some fun guests that we're going to have on the podcast coming up as well. So I've been talking to some people and getting some uh, getting some people interested. We're hopefully over the next uh, couple of weeks we'll have a few different people on, obviously, and over the next couple of months as well. Um, get some guests on to hear what some other people have to say about making things, whether that's actual like you know items or uh, or content for making things as well. Um, that's always fun, yeah. uh, having, having like other content creators on, cause that's a different conversation. You know, that's something obviously that we do. Um, but like talking about making, but also content creation at the same time, it's always kind of interesting. So that'd be fun. It won't all be Cracker Barrel stories. I promise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I reached out to, uh, I won't say who specifically, but another person to ask him to come on. And, uh, and he was definitely interested in coming on. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, but, uh, for the fans, I'll keep it a secret. But, uh, but he, his, his explanation of, um, what did he say? Uh, he said, uh, it sounds frighteningly exciting to come on the podcast. I was like, yeah, that's a funny explanation. I like that. It's frighteningly exciting. So, so we got some fun people who are going to be on. Cool. Debbie, you have any recommendations today? Yeah, I um, I <laughs> about a week ago, I think I read an article, uh, Dave Grohl talking about what their next project was, and it's a cover album of the Bee Gees called the Dee Gees. <laughs> the and they do they do uh bg songs and um dave grohl sings in falsetto and it's awesome what <laughs> and bgs man i mean they do get like a tough rap for being like the stay, staying alive um kind of disco people but they wrote great songs i mean and it's a family you know you know the guys it's just great songwriters right. but yeah yeah foo fighters doing a a, a cover album Nice. And I, awesome. I haven't listened to all of them, but I listened to a few. It's it's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. So the DGs, uh, <laughs> YouTube it. That's great. I love, <laughs> I love Dave Grohl. You know, he's mm. like <clears throat> one of those dudes that just does whatever he wants and has fun with it. Yeah, I'm it's like I'm, um, I'm a little I'm a little afraid that we're gonna find out he's done something horrific, <laughs> like a, like a Bill Cosby thing. Like like mm. everybody loved Bill Cosby until. No one right. loved Bill Cosby because it turned right. out he's a monster. Dave Grohl is so <laughs> cool and such a great, seems like a, a giving, friendly, right. loving life type of guy that there. I think there's something buried deep deep in his closet that we don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm worried. We'll just never know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, he also, it, not, it doesn't. Not the same person, but it just reminds me of like Travis Pastrana. You know, I follow him on oh, right, Instagram. Right. And he's always yeah, just, yeah. Like, doing fun stuff. He's like racing boats, racing cars, and motorcycles, and then doing like you know just oh, action sports and man. whatever. He's I think I think one of my one of my old recommendations were was the Jim Cana, yeah, yeah, Maryland version. It's amazing. Yeah, You've seen so it, right? Good. Yeah, it's so good. Him. I mean, going through Annapolis, I, I I almost went down and saw him jump the one of the canals in Annapolis, and I should have gone, but I just that didn't. Would be so cool, yeah. And but he jumps, the, he hits this hill, and speaking of like hilly Maryland, yeah. <laughs> and he hits this hill, and he goes so far, it's mm-hmm. insane. That is but crazy. Um, all the Jim Connors with Ken Block and those guys are great. But then Travis Pastrana took this one over in his homes in Maryland, and uh, what a what a great yeah. He's another person. I hope he he's. A fellow Marylander, so I hope he doesn't mess it up because I want him to be around. <laughs> yeah, and I'd, I'd love to have him on the podcast. That'd be super fun just to like talk to him about all sorts That'd of be cool awesome. stuff. I uh, I did reach out to him, but you know he's one of those people who has like well, there, there's hundreds, yeah, there's hundreds of thousands of of followers and stuff. So millions, I'm sure he's probably. getting tons of yeah, tons of messages a day. So we'll see. Anybody knows Travis who's listening to the podcast, <laughs> send him a message. Let him know we like to have him on the podcast. Just talk and chat with him about all sorts of fun stuff. Loving Maryland. 
All right. That's well, true. my uh, my recommendation this week is uh, Chris Killinger. Um, Chris Killinger mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. an an axe man. He he uh, he makes some really awesome handles, which he sells. You can get Killinger handles, but he also is an axe collector. Has a um, a podcast that he does with. Um, Oh, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head right now. Shoot. But um, called uh, the Axe Hounds pod- podcast. And um, uh, it's a really cool, really cool uh, podcast, which they took some time off, but I think they're back. But he just posted some stuff on Instagram and on his YouTube channel about the history of the Norland Axe Company. So Norland is an axe company that uh, started in the 60s. And went up until the mid '80s, um, and then stopped. So there's kind of just that t- small time frame, that like 20 year time frame, that they were in existence. Um, and they're they're a pretty fun, like popular uh, axe company. They the way they like uh, they advertise their stuff was all about like camping and getting back out into nature and they were like you know you had like the camper and the hiker and the, you know all these like different names for their different axe different size axes and stuff and um so he just put together kind of a history and kind of the, a timeline of when all the different axes were available you know through that timeline and that's just pretty fascinating to me um one of the very first axes i ever collected was a norland uh, a small norland hatchet that i got for five bucks at a yard sale i didn't even know what it was at the time i was like oh it's kind of cool it says norland on one side all right um but you know it comes to turn out there all of all of the norlands are pretty collectible just because they're a small time period and they're in fashion right now you know they're not they're not a yeah. super awesome steel you know they're like a 60s 70s 80s steel like they're they're cool and you know but they're kind of a there's a market for them. They're just popular. So, and they've been popular for a while. They have a nice they, you know, logo. They do. Yeah. Real cool logo and has <laughs> a really cool history and, and branding and whatnot. So L um, L E I F. Yeah. Leaf Bacchus. That's it. right. Thank yep. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't remember. I can see his face. <laughs> Got a beard. I can <laughs> see a, him in I mean, my that's head. A, that's couldn't... a different name. So I'll, I'll yeah. give that to you. That's <laughs> Yeah, so Chris Killinger and Leaf Bacchus do the, uh, yeah, the um, Axe Hounds podcast, which is really good. If you're interested in axes and, you know, they talk about all sorts of stuff, collectors, and um, Chris and I have kind of talked back and forth and, you know, commented on each of the videos and stuff for years being um, an axe collector and, you know, an axe junkie myself. So if, well, you, uh, if you're interested in axes, you know, check out his latest video I just put up, which is... Um, Un- unraveling the mystery of the Norland Axe Company and all the the timeline of their uh, existence. Pretty interesting. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, man. All right. Well, that's it. Um, it's funny. I feel like we haven't recorded in a while, even though we uh, were recording early now, and we recorded early last time as well, which was the Fourth <laughs> of July episode. Uh, but um, but yeah. So. It feels like it's been a while because we're kind of off of our normal schedule, but uh, it's always yeah. chat. When you're back, you'll be back from vacation, yep. and uh, who knows who we'll have on. It all depends yeah. who we meet and see, and uh, it should be a, a, it's going to be a fun next few weeks, so we'll oh, have plenty yeah. to talk about. Heck yeah. That's right. Yeah, you'll you, next time you'll be back from the Timber Inn and vacation yeah. all types of stuff, so yep. we can, yeah, we can discuss that. And, yeah. yeah. That'll be good. I'm excited to go up and meet a bunch of people and hang out and and uh yeah that's one thing we've there. we've never done is gone to like or you you know we've never gone to like an event where there'll be other content creators right yeah exactly which, is, which is kind yeah. which is kind of crazy after what four years we've never really right. other other than uh alex from outdoors 55 we haven't really so right. it'll be cool. We're, like we, we keep saying on this, we're going to keep trying, keep doing it. That's half the reason we're doing this podcast is to reach out and talk to people and, and uh, yeah. just uh, build and make friendships and uh, right. have a good have a good time in this community that that is there. And yeah. we're going to keep keep doing it. Yeah. And, you know, having like meeting meeting people through uh online and you know talking is one thing and having people in the podcast is also another thing but you know right. actually meeting people and 
and uh, getting to kind of really know, you know, learn someone, have a conversation, be around people. It's it's going to be interesting. So I'll be up at the Timber Inn <laughs> up at Blackthorn Resort up in New York on Saturday morning. Uh, I'll be there probably around, I don't know, I would say 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock, something like that. I'll be there, and then uh, I'll be there until the early afternoon before I head back. But uh, I'll be there. Justin Dietrich will be there and uh, a bunch of other people. He's, he's uh, putting together – He's putting on the timber in, so we're going to prep a bunch of. They're going to be prepping a bunch of wood and stuff for, uh, for uh, to get ready for the actual maker camp, which will be in October. Which we will be there as well. Deb and I will both be there. So, um, if you're in the area this weekend, head up to uh, Blackthorn Resort. And actually, when this podcast comes out, it'll be Friday. Uh, I will be there on Saturday. Oh, so hurry up! Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> if you're if you're in New York or, uh, you know, northeast of the usa and you want to come out and meet some people and hang out it's gonna be fun because it's it's less uh less formal it's just a free event like hey come on out if you're around come help out lend a hand hang out with some people and do some prep work for these timbers that we're going to put together so that way then they're ready to build a structure when we do when uh when they do the maker camp and uh dustin will have set up a uh Knife and axe signing booth. You'll sign any <laughs> knife or axe you bring in, and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For a twenty dollar fee, you can get your uh, thing signed up. <laughs> <laughs> a small amount of twenty dollars one time, and fifty <laughs> percent goes to me. So I expect to get some of that back. Yeah, there will be no record of how many signings I do. <laughs> <laughs> now, no one wanted anything. <laughs> no, yeah, it was terrible. I didn't have any fun at all. <laughs> you made money, didn't you? Hey. <laughs> Go back with axes and like. <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. It's been a blast. Um, if you uh, if you don't already, please go over and subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Art of Craftsmanship. Check us out there. Obviously, everything we talk about is all related back to the channel most of the time. So uh, that's what we love to do and love to talk to you guys about. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, The Art of Craftsmanship and The Art of Camera Guy. And uh, if you uh, you know if you want to support the channel and support what we do in the podcast. Um, you can go over to Patreon and support us there, patreon.com backslash The Art of Craftsmanship. And if you are listening and you would like to support us or sponsor the podcast, we're also looking for some sponsors. So Dev and I are going to be reaching out to some people, try to get some sponsors on, and uh, someone who you know feels like you're uh, interested in what we do. We'd always have, love to have you reach out to us as well. So you get, anyone can always send us an email at uh, theartofcraftsmanship at gmail.com. All right, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening. Devin, it was a blast. Yes, yes. We will all talk to you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.